Thanks for joining us at ID Sports. Today, we're talking about one of the most difficult skills to master in all of fantasy sports, the auction draft. I'm speaking today with experienced auctioners all over the fantasy community to bring you all the tips and tricks you need to succeed in your next draft. Thanks for joining us, and thank you for watching ID Sports. First things first, let's meet our guests today who are going to talk to us about their experience with auction drafts. Hey, Bob. Uh, so my name is Ryan. Um, I'm just a big, avid fan of uh, fantasy football and football in general. I love college, love uh, the NFL. My name is Rob Norton. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Norton0723. Bob's Retoad on Twitter. It's Bob's Retoad Warriors on YouTube. Yeah, about the same thing. Uh, so the show is the Word on the Streets podcast. I write for Last Word on Sports. Just started writing there a few months ago. So you can find all my work in my uh, profile. My name is uh, Chris. My Twitter and Facebook, uh, you can find me at Detroit Beastie. should be there on the bottom there. Uh, and all my content is exclusively on uh, at DFS Cheat Sheet 1, or you just go to DFSCheatSheet.com. Uh, so we are the Fantasy Auction Nuts. I'm Jason Cronkrite, and this is my other host here, Brad Moore. You can find us on Twitter at Auction Nuts or at FantasyAuctionNuts.com. At my first draft, I was well behind the power curve and I needed to learn a lot. So I spent the next couple of years uh, doing a lot of research off season. I'm here enjoying the sport and trying to get better at uh, fantasy football. And I, I like to think that I'm starting to specialize in auction drafts. Want to help people win their leagues. That's what it's all about. Why should everyone out there be participating in auction drafts? Because they're damn amazing. That's why. <laughs> I just think it gives you a much more customizable type draft you can build your draft any way possible i also think it's more fair i love the auction draft because i feel as if the the, the most prepared person can come through with like a like a crazy stacked monster team right an auction draft is like owning a hamster or owning a dog for me uh, auction really is the only way to play in this case everybody has the first pick it's just an, an extra element of maybe complexity but then maybe not complexity but it's you want a guy go get your guy it's complex there's many varieties and it doesn't stink like a hamster when i started playing i actually leaped right into auction drafts i had to learn real fast if i wanted to even become competitive with the guys how do you prepare for an auction draft and what do you bring uh, it's funny i'm the guy that shows up with what they call the big draft board i usually have my little tablet to the side which i have a little spreadsheet that i've made where I can put my players down, positions. I have mine for this year with me right now. Um, it's, it's huge. <laughs> it looks a little intimidating. I, I'm a simple man. Notebook full of paper, couple pens, a highlighter, and I'm ready to go. Maybe a, cal a calculator too, actually, if we're, if we're doing auction draft. In that spreadsheet, I like to have tabs for um, different, different positions and all the breakdowns of, you know, the projections for the salaries. All, all the positions, um, I rank them by tier. I like to tier mine out because that's a really important thing when you're looking at auction players, really in any kind of format. Timing those tiers can make a big difference. I like to bring with me my tiers and my rankings because as you're going through an auction, you want to know how many guys are left in a tier for you. So I'm crossing guys off as we go through. So I don't get stuck, you know, trying to get the last guy from a tier because that drives your price up automatically. I put a value next to them. If you don't have something keeping track of your money, you're going to be screwed later more often than not. 
I write anything and everything down that comes into my head. And I'm not talking, not just fantasy, any dreams I have, thoughts during the day. I bring every note that I've ever taken, uh, I guess within reason, recently, recent notes leading up to the draft. I even lay out where to put uh, specific sheets. And uh, cold beverage, but keep it uh, within control. How do you balance a budget in an auction draft? Ultimately, that is, I think, the biggest art. You bring your notes with you. you. You plan ahead that way. So I try not to budget for the particular player that I'm going to get, but a tier of player that I want to get, and then look for values in that tier. Most auctions I've done, value will show itself at different times throughout the draft because people overspend here and there. And next thing you know, you, you find a, a really good value, and I try to scoop that up when I can. If you can prepare for, you know, the cheaper guys, you know, guys that you think will sneak and will be a dollar, two dollars, you can really hammer home, you know, stud running backs. Yeah, for me, I really like to focus on the running backs this year. I tend to go uh, a little bit cheaper when it comes to quarterback and tight end. I like to look for those one, two dollar plays there. I'd never try to spend more than a dollar on my budget or on my bench. So then at the end of the draft, I'm looking at basically running backs and wide receivers. And I think this year there are some amazing wide receiver values that you're going to get. I do have a dollar amount uh, per person. And on top of that, I also uh, separate a certain amount for each position ahead of time. So if I'm budgeting like $60 for my RB1, I'm going to go in and go through my draft. And I, let's say I get them for $58. So I know I've saved a couple dollars there. I like to keep track of that on my sheet. So as I work through all my positions, I know if I'm ahead or behind in terms of where I was when I budgeted for my draft. I budget my number one RB for X, my number two, you know, for the, for something less and my number three. And it keeps, you know, notching down. If it goes out of, out of there, <clears throat> I'm just not doing it. I'm planning to spend on a $200 budget, probably at least $120 on running back. Then I'm going to look at spending about 60 to 70 bucks on my wide receivers uh, and, and spread that out pretty evenly across those three or four wide receivers. How closely do you follow pre-draft player pricing? So in terms of player projections, I uh, generally go and get something from like Fantasy Pros, kind of plug in and customize it. I choose my own values um, because I seem to be a little bit more aggressive, if you will, by chasing... Uh, uh, the players that I want. No, I'm not. I, I don't really pay attention to that stuff. And I, I guess maybe that's like a metaphor for my life. If I do go over, I'm going to I'm gonna quickly find the money somewhere. But um, I try to stick within those tiers. There is a number that I will not cross. It's really about staying fluid and making sure that uh, you're able to change your values based on how the auction's going itself. If I'm going to sacrifice it, I'm going to have to steal it from another player, another position a weaker second running back. What are some of your favorite auction draft strategies? I do like the stars and scrubs uh, one in that I feel if you're going to be competitive and even make it to the playoffs and not only make it to the playoffs, but, but win the championship and win your league, you do need those, those uh, stars. I let it come to me, if that makes sense, you know. For me, I'm always looking at the stars and scrub strategy. I think this is the way to go to get the most points, to get the best players on your team. I don't subscribe necessarily to stars and scrubs, and I don't do just your your median players only. So I do I'm taking I'm taking at least one stud. So for me, I like stars and scrubs more often than not. Again, it goes back to how I think a lot of value can fall. What you need is you need a tier one guy, a tier one guy, and a tier one guy. And then with your remaining budget, you go get other guys that are cheap 
that are going to be tier one guys. It's great to hit on a couple of rookies that happen to just take off and do very well. But for the most part, the guys that seem to make it to the playoffs and win the championships typically seem to have stars. A lot of teams turn over most of their players. So I'm looking to get that best player I can. And the rest of my team, I'm going to be working the waiver wire. I'm going to be working trades. And I'm going to find the rest of my guys throughout the year that will make up my team. Certain certain level guys are exponentially worth more. So I'm willing to generally willing to spend up and find value elsewhere. Let's talk about the nomination process. What players do you nominate? So when it's up to me to nominate a player, I nominate a nobody or a guy that I'm not even interested in buying. So Jason's going to say, nominate the players that help you. Go. I'm going to nominate somebody that I really want, especially if they're at the top of the tier, because they will typically set the price of what the other ones will go for. Taking the first player of a tier. It depends how many players are left in a tier that I like. I don't want to be left getting the last player in that tier. Then you start to see price escalation because there's no more supply left of that tier of running backs. Uh, you got to be careful when you're nominating people. Look at the board, think about what other people have. Yeah, I can't tell you the last time in an auction draft I nominated a player that, that I wanted to own or and or won won the bidding budget on. There's there's so many strategies. You can also just screw it and go after your guys, take your guys the whole way through. How do you manage the dreaded bidding uh, I get pissed. I throw things. I do like to play a little bit of defense. I start seeing who has what and I start seeing some monster guys, some teams that they're building. And I like to throw paper balls across the room at people. Uh, just let him know I'm pissed off at him. You know, if, if if you're sitting next to the guy and he's talking, you're off the whole time, and then a player comes up and he gets really quiet, or or vice versa. Like he's telling you that all of a sudden there's there's serious interest. Like he wants to he wants to get in on this player. So you you have to be able to read the room too and and notice behavior changes and know what guys are doing when when things come up. Normally, I I I completely stay out of them. I don't want to uh, get involved in a bidding war because then that's just a that's a lose lose for me. I tried to get a guy before the final player of the tier. So that way I don't get in as many as possible. But I'm, I'm gonna let the player go unless I absolutely have to have them. And on almost every scenario, you never absolutely have to have anybody. What strategies do you use for those low cost players? So this is all just about player identification again, is, is finding those guys that you want. Honestly, sometimes I will try to throw them out early, kind of, kind of throw off the room. I like going into the end of the draft with a little bit of a hammer. You need to have that little cushion available. I wait till till the very end, you know, I, I keep my eye on the other teams in the league and I'm watching their their funds, you know, to be able to bid people at two dollars or three dollars, because that way anybody with a one or two dollar left in their account, they can't even bid on them. You're forcing people's hand to really spend that extra money to get the player from you. Um, but that's also you got to hold your draft strategy early on to get that to happen. And maybe there'll be a time or two in like the 10th or 11th round, let's say, you know, I'll nominate a receiver that I want and I know I can, I can get him one way or another. I can outbid anybody. These are where I'm calling my shots on guys and I want to be able to nominate my guys when other people aren't bidding on them. Do you handcuff? And if so, would you let someone else outbid you on a handcuff? Uh, yes, this year we are definitely handcuffing. I really don't, unless it's a specific running back. So when it comes to handcuffs, I actually generally don't. Normal years, I either don't handcuff at all or handcuff my stud running back that has a known backup that should get the workload. If I have the lead back on my team, I'm willing to bid for that backup for a dollar. A large majority of people, they don't do it, right? 
uh, I've seen a ton of uh, of people that say, I will handcuff, Bob, I will handcuff your back. But if somebody else in my draft thinks that they can push me around and get me to go to three, four, five, six dollars because I have the starter, I'm letting them walk. Instead of having that handcuff, I would rather have a potential future star or sleeper that I truly believe in. I need that roster space for other important stuff. I need it for guys who can take off and grow. What are trends you see in more competitive auction draft? Super running back heavy. Um, that seems to be big. You're going to get a lot of people spending high dollars on the, the high-end running backs. They're nominating these heavy hitters right off the bat. And as soon as that happens, it sets a tone for the room. People are starting to grasp the idea of replacement points in quarterbacks. So I feel like in some of those competitive leagues, too, is sometimes you see more risk mitigation. Uh, the stupid price enforcing. That's a trend. Well, I treat it like eBay. I'll sneak in a bid hoping that someone outbids me, you know, just to drive the price up. And there's nothing like those damn sticklers for, oh, that's not enough. And then some guys over there, chink, chink, chink. Yeah. And he doesn't even want the guy. Even if it's a guy that I have no interest in, I'll throw my, I'll throw money in there just to drive the bid up so I can, you know, bleed another team or two's resources dry. The biggest difference is the animosity there's people that are drafting off of other people qbs go later than like in your home leagues you plan and you learn on the fly mid-draft who's spending what who's looking for what are there any advanced or sneaky methods that you like to employ at the very beginning i nominate guys that i want but shortly after that after i get my stud or two at the beginning i start nominating people that uh uh, I, I don't truly believe in. I'll definitely throw them out there and I'll even start bidding on them at the very beginning as if I really want that guy. I mean, I think one of the other things I'm going to try to do is what I just said that I don't want to have done to me is once I see that somebody has purchased Dalvin Cook or nominated Dalvin Cook, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to nominate Alexander Madison to try and see if I can't push them to bid more on their handcuff. Throw a paper ball at him? Absolutely. Not afraid to. You notice, you know, this guy, we'll call him Steve. He's nominated three guys, and they've all been wide receivers. So we know if he's uh, nominating wide receivers, but he didn't bid on any of them, he's trying to drive the price of wide receivers up. So more than likely, he's looking to land a stud running back. I like to be very aggressive with my guys. So, I mean, that's the whole point of the auction. Something that I like to do is kind of instigate, and I'll make sure I remind people of who that player is. Do you have any final thoughts on the auction draft? Yeah, I so say your draft is a direct reflection of your preparation. You need to come in with a plan A, but you need a plan B, a plan C, and a plan D. How you go about having fun can can come in that your preparation. The, the number one rule to fantasy sports is to have fun. You can't leave unhappy. You're, for me, I'm playing to win, and I'm playing to get first place. Really, we play fantasy football to have fun. Um, this is one of uh, this is something I think we've all been looking forward to to get a little bit of normalcy back in our lives. And for anyone who hasn't done an auction, I mean, I highly recommend it. Final thought is, if you haven't done one, go do one. And make sure that you leave with a team of guys that you wanted. Every year I get into something different, and then every year I say, this is the most fun I've ever had playing fantasy sports. Never drink and draft. Not heavily. 